Now more than ever, it's important to show support for your team and your community. Visa and the National Football League know that local businesses help your community move the ball down the field. Small businesses everywhere are overcoming challenges in these new times thanks to teammates like you and Visa. Because when everyone pitches in, everyone benefits. Being loyal to local businesses ignites growth and supports all of us and our communities. Because they know that where you shop matters, Visa urges you to support local retailers who are making shopping safe and reliable. And remember to tap with your contactless Visa whenever you see the contactless symbol to help support your community. Visa, official partner of the NFL. For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Dan Duggan, who covers the New York Giants for The Athletic, about this upcoming game against the San Francisco 49ers, the injuries the Niners are dealing with, and the new news that we got just yesterday about the field at MetLife Stadium being suitable for Sunday's game. All stuff we're going to discuss with our Giants beat writer, Dan Duggan. It's Friday, September 25th. Pleasure now to welcome in Dan Duggan. He covers the New York football giants for the athletic as well as the NFL. And Dan, I'm looking at this week's matchup and I'm out here in San Francisco and I think 49er fans look at this as as kind of a rivalry game. There's some good rich history between these two teams. I know they hate big blue and I look at the giants and I go, there's just no juice this week for this game. 49er fans more concerned about the health, the giants, of course, dealing with the loss of Saquon Barkley, not the traditional underrated giants 49er rivalry that we're used to, Dan. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I honestly don't know if Giants fans kind of have that same feeling, I think, because they're so consumed with, you know, the rivalries they have in their division when, you know, Cowboys and the Eagles really dominated, whereas, you know, maybe 49ers maybe don't have quite the same historical uh, divisional rivals. I don't know. That's interesting because, yeah, I mean, obviously I think you get some maybe nostalgia at times when you think for the Giants, you know, the uh, NFC Championship game. And then obviously so back in the sort of the heyday for both franchises in the 80s, there were some big matchups. I think definitely this week in particular, so much of the focus is on injuries and sort of more depressing current news that there's there's less time for, uh, for reminiscing. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just sort of funny the two teams from opposite coasts have such a rich playoff history is really what it's about, right? Less about the regular season, but as you mentioned, you go back uh, even to the Harbaugh days and then, and then much further back into the 80s, you get some good playoff matchups. But talking about this week, I think the key story, at least from the 49ers angle, as you mentioned, the injuries, the other element is this turf situation with MetLife Stadium. Now, Ian Rappaport reported earlier that they'd gone out, they'd looked at it, the Jets and the Giants did, the NFL, like the turf manufacturers, everybody who could look at it, looked at it, examined it, and said everything is okay. Had you heard anything about this leading up to last week? No. I mean, you know, obviously I was, um, you know, focused on the Giants game out in Chicago and, and they had their own issues, not once it with the turf out there, but, you know, that, that's actually not a great surface. I think there's complaints there. But and then obviously after the fact, saw the complaints of the 49ers about, from playing the Jets, obviously at the same stadium. But no, week one, there was no issues. I mean, Giants really didn't have any injuries. I know a Steelers offensive lineman tore his ACL, but I don't believe there was any indication that there was a belief that it was from the turf. It's a brand new turf, so that might have contributed to it. I'm certainly not a turf expert. It's funny because in the past, <laughs> there had been some complaints about the, the turf at MetLife. I know Brandon Marshall, who was with the Jets and the Giants, he complained about it. He had a season-ending foot or ankle injury um, when he was with the Giants in 2017 he did have some comments about it but it's new so you know whatever issues were then would have been resolved when that came out from the 49ers side definitely was news to me and then 
uh, yes, Giants players and, and, you know, Joe Judge, and they've been on that field probably more than anybody because MetLife was really their home field during training camp. I mean, they still practice at their facility, but they had a couple of scrimmages. They had a lot of walkthroughs. So they were on that turf, you know, more than anybody this summer. And he said, and the player said that, you know, they had no issues with it. The NFL kind of just said, you know, tough. We don't really know what else to make of it, man. And, and, and I look at some of those injuries, even for the Niners last week, like the Nick Bosa one, that was kind of a football injury to me. Like he just kind of got planted. He turned around and, and that sort of stuff that happens. If you've got a lot of non-contact injuries or guys who are just running and sort of, sort of blowing out, I think that's sort of a different situation than the stuff you're seeing at the offensive and defensive line. Right. Yeah. And honestly, I haven't gone back and watched how all the different 49ers injuries occurred. But yeah, I mean, Saquon Barkley tore his ACL last week. You know what I mean? It's not like the only guy right, right, right. ACLs are the ones playing at MetLife Stadium. I think when they start to mount, you probably start saying, you know, what's going on here? It seems like there's more than just the fluke injury or the, you know, the kind of injuries that are, are inevitable. And again, listen, I don't know. I'm, I'm not running around that turf the way these guys are. So if they have those issues, I'm sure they're justified. The league doesn't want to put guys out on the turf that's going to have, you know, ACL torn up. So if there was something safety related that wasn't up to par, I can't imagine the league would brush it under the rug. So I have to believe, you know, maybe it was just a fluke last week. And obviously, you know, hopefully for the 49ers sake, that there isn't really something wrong with the turf and they have you know, a similar run of bad luck this week. But so I guess we'll just have to see you know, how that plays out. As much heat as the league gets for health and safety protocol stuff, they have in the past moved games off of services that they thought were not safe. I know a couple of years ago they did that down in Mexico City. They moved, uh, I think it was a Rams and Chiefs game. They moved out of Mexico City into Los Angeles because they weren't comfortable with the turf. You mentioned Joe Judge, and this is a guy, I don't really know what to make of him yet. I don't know if New York Giants fans know what to make of him yet. New head coach, comes out of the Bill Belichick system. He was like a wide receiver coach and a, a special teams coordinator. And I've been following you on Twitter for the last couple of days. I've been looking at stuff you've been posting, and you were writing about how he goes to this term a lot when describing a player he goes to the term quote he's a football guy that's like his go-to phrase right so joe judge football guy what can you tell us about him in his early tenure as head coach he's not bill parcells he doesn't strike me that way he's more bill parcells than bill belichick i would say that in terms of personality he actually has a pretty big personality i think that's probably been one of the biggest surprises at least from a media perspective because you know you guys you think coming from the belichick school you're going to just you know grumble through press conferences and not really say anything now, I mean, he's not sharing state secrets and he's every bit the same as Belichick when it comes to uh, injury questions, but he actually has some personality. I mean, he had a funny line when he was asked about Jimmy Garoppolo, because obviously they were together in New England. He was talking about Jimmy's a tough guy and he comes from a typical Midwest meathead family. So, I mean, he just kind of, he's a little more conversational than, than really most NFL coaches. I mean, I've covered Pat Shermer and Ben McAdoo and they very rarely showed personality at the podium. So Judge is actually pretty good in, in that setting. You mentioned how the fans feel about him. I mean, Giants fans couldn't get enough of this guy in training camp. I mean, a lot of the stuff that he did that drew attention, whether it was some of the real physical tackling drills they did, you know, making guys run laps. I mean, fans were loving that because, listen, the last three years, the Giants have been the worst team in the NFL, 12 wins in three seasons. So there was a, a very strong feeling that they needed some change and they probably needed to whip some guys into shape. Now, granted, they're 0-2, so it doesn't look like that change has happened immediately. But there's an understanding that this is a 38-year-old first-time head coach with you know a flawed roster. They weren't going to make a Super Bowl run this year, so it's more about kind of setting the foundation for the program. I mean, I think the early signs have been promising in that regard. But again, you know, you are to record says you are. They're 0 two. You know, it isn't like Sean McVay where he just came in and set the world on fire. It's going to be a process for him. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. 
Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo or avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com update and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com update today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com update. GetRoman.com update. Every sports story that matters, join for just a dollar a month. Get all access to the Athletics' exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Don't miss exclusive in-depth sports coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Sign up to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash theupdate, you can receive an all-access subscription for just a dollar a month. Sports are back and you won't want to miss breaking stories of your favorite teams. So go to theathletic.com slash theupdate, receive an all-access subscription for just a dollar a month. We hope to see you there. You talk about the flawed roster, and, and obviously now they're, they're dealing with a gaping hole. They're running back because of the Saquon Barkley injury, but they've made a signing. They signed Devontae Freeman. He comes in after some success, though not in the last couple of years with Atlanta. I was watching some of that media session from the other day that you were talking about where he called Jimmy G's parents kind of a meathead family. He wouldn't really give a whole lot on Devontae Freeman as far as whether or not he was a part of the system this weekend. I'd imagine that he's he'll be out there in a, in a minimal role just because of how new he is to the roster. But I'm wondering about the Saquon Barkley injury what that does to Daniel Jones. I thought Daniel Jones had a real nice rookie season. He's off to a little bit of a slower start this year, but I don't think it's anything really to be concerned about. It's only been two games. He's thrown a couple of interceptions, but what does an injury like that to Saquon Barkley do to the development of a young guy like Daniel Jones, if anything at all? That's the concern, really. Um, you know, they're going to miss having a guy standing next to Daniel Jones that you saw in that Monday night game in the opener that all eyes were on him at all times. You know, and he had a really tough game because Pittsburgh just threw everything at him. They were not going to let Saquon beat them, and obviously they, you know, they didn't. And he's also a threat every time he touches the ball to, you know, go 75 yards to the house. So you lose that. That's a big blow for any quarterback, young, old, or in the middle. But for a young quarterback, I think the challenge here going forward is, you know, Devontae Freeman signing off the street, Deion Lewis, Wayne Gallman, they aren't going to keep defensive coordinators up at night the way Saquon, you know, probably did. So now do you see more attention on the passing game? And are they more concerned with blitzing him and throwing exotic looks at him because maybe they couldn't do that as much when they have to really be disciplined in their gaps and everything with Saquon because, again, he was a threat to take it to the house every time he touched it. So, you know, we'll see how that plays out. You know, obviously, you know, we don't know exactly how it's going to unfold. I mean, there was a few games last year where Saquon was out with a high ankle sprain and, you know, Jones, his first start, Saquon got hurt and Jones was tremendous and, and led him to a comeback win against Tampa Bay. They won the next week against Washington and then he had a couple of rough games. So, very small sample size last year. We're going to get a much bigger sample size, unfortunately, for the Giants this year because we're looking at you know, 14 games to see how he adapts to not having that, that weapon in the backfield. So, no, I mean, I think obviously it's going to make life more difficult. You know, we'll see how these other guys fill in. None of them are going to be Saquon Barkley. 
And just one more thought on the way out on Daniel Jones. I wonder, because, I mean, you get to see this guy practice. You see him, how he slings it. You're watching every one of these games a little bit closer. When you see a guy every day, you get a little bit more of a grasp, I think, of the type of ceiling or development a guy has. And I'm not putting it on you to be an NFL scout here, but I'm just wondering, as far as Daniel Jones goes, when you look at this guy, a guy like Eli Manning maybe wasn't the most flashy quarterback. He was he was a winner, but he finishes his career as like a 500 quarterback. I think it was 117, and 117 was his ending record. But he put up some numbers, and he won a couple Super Bowls. When you see Daniel Jones, does he strike you as a guy who's going to be an elite quarterback? Does he have that that kind of polish or that sort of air to him? Well, I mean, you know, we talk elite. I mean, he's not Patrick Mahomes. You know, you know I mean, he's not at that level. I mean, I think we would know that by now. I definitely think he has the traits, you know, both, you know, physically and with the intangibles to be a legitimate NFL starting quarterback. I mean, because you look at Eli Manning's career, there was plenty of highs and plenty of lows. And, you know, really when the team around him wasn't very good, you know, he didn't carry them when the team around him was good. He obviously raised his game, you know, at the highest level. Like I mentioned that as we changed the game, it's probably the best game of his career, you know, going out there and taking that beating and, and still leading them to a win. Easy, easy, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, again, I think once the, re- the rest of the roster, if it, you know, it fills in around Daniel Jones, I mean, I think he absolutely has the potential, you know, to be a winning NFL quarterback. The guy I kind of like look at maybe his not potential, his ceiling, I think a realistic potential guy would be like a Matt Ryan. Like he, again, he's not, I'm like, it's Matt Ryan might be a little high. We'll say that's the ceiling, but you know, obviously got to the Super Bowl. I think he's won an MVP. So, you know, I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be a perennial MVP, but in, in a system where, or a year when everything breaks, right. I, I mean, I definitely think he has pretty high upside. Now at the same time, you know, his floor, if he doesn't get the turnovers fixed, you know, it's a lot lower. So that, I mean, I think that's the big thing that's really plagued him. He still hasn't been a starter for a full season. You know, he's made, I think, 14 starts in his career. So, I think it's definitely a little early to totally cast the judgment. But like I said, I think like the highest level is like, you know, that A minus B plus quarterback. But I think his floor is like C. Like I think he's going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL for 10 or 12 years. I really do. I think, I mean, I think he has the talent. I think he has the intangibles. So it's just a matter of can he, you know, improve some of the weaknesses and, and really grow. Um, and it's, again, <laughs> we've, we've touched on the challenge of losing Saquon. You got a new offensive coordinator. You had this crazy offseason. It's going to be a, <laughs> tough to make a big leap in year two. But hey, you know, they get paid the big bucks to overcome these sort of obstacles. So we'll see how things play out for them this year. And we'll see him on Sunday against a tough, uh, tough 49er front, man. We appreciate the time, Dan. Dan Duggan uh, is the name. You can follow him on Twitter at DDuggan21. And we'll keep reading you in The Athletic, man. And we appreciate the time today. Yeah, appreciate it. Have me on. Great insight there from Dan Duggan, who covers the New York Giants for The Athletic. Yeah, give him a read. Give him a follow. He's putting out good stuff. He actually put out some video yesterday of uh, Devontae Freeman working out for the first time. But uh, good insight there. We don't see a lot of Joe Judge. We don't get a lot of uh, of New York Giants football, especially when they're not playing well out here on the West Coast. So something to look forward to. Daniel Jones, I do think uh, a good little breakdown on him that he could end up being one of the upper echelon quarterbacks, though maybe, as he said, not as flashy as a Patrick Mahomes. I think I'm on board with that one. If you're enjoying the podcast, Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you're listening to us. We're having fun giving you these weekly breakdowns. The Raiders got a big win on Monday, and we're going to continue on with a little 49er and Raider discussion across the NFL next week, as well as some Giants baseball talk with our own Eno Saris on Monday. So special thank you to Brian, special thank you to Dan, and special thank you to you. Enjoy the weekend, 49ers in New York on Sunday. We'll talk to you guys next week.